<laughs> I gotta re- it's like ice in the kicker. I gotta get back into it. That's what happened at the start of the race. We'll get so into that. iced everybody. <laughs> that, that was crazy. All right, whatever, whatever. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon, and this is the Italian Grand Prix review episode. And bro, I don't know what these teams and drivers did during the summer break, but whatever it is, it worked because they've come back firing on all cylinders. We had two absolute bangers back to back. Oh, completely. And the funny thing about Monza, like I was almost on the edge of my seat the whole time. And there's like seven passes, right? But every, what was it like? Are they going to pass this? time? Are they going to pass this time? Like, is it this one? Like there's on the front yeah. and back side of the track. So you only had like 30 seconds in between, but someone trying to make a move somewhere generally failing, but not for lack of trying. Yeah. And this is, I, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, right? I'm sure statistically, uh, Zandvoort had much more passes oh, for sure. and, you know, a lot of things like that. But this one, like you said, just constantly on the edge of my seat, that first chicane, the turn one chicane, that like corner complex right there is probably my favorite, uh, series of turns on the entire track. And just the way it's that every such a hard turn, it's, it is it's less than 90 degrees. Like you've got to rotate the car so yep. far back to back. And you've got to be solidly in front of the car before you go and commit to that turn. How many times did you see people use the runoff and like thinking they had it and then go to the runoff? It was, oh man, it was awesome. You could see that both Lewis and Max had kind of learned from experience because a couple of times they both kind of like pulled out right there at the left se- last second. Yeah. So it exciting. Was, and we're going to get to it. But in the race, when Max tried it on the first time he almost passed Carlos on like lap six and Carlos shut the door on him and he's like, Ooh, that was naughty. Like yeah. he, he was aware he wasn't going to make that. <laughs> My favorite part of that radio message was the tone in his voice. Was Cause so you could happy. tell. Yeah. It's like, he's like, finally somebody's racing me. Yes. <laughs> like you could tell he actually loves it. I think he is. I, I don't, I think he's just not having fun. Just constantly just doing hot laps by himself. So he had that bit of excitement for the first, essentially third of the race. And you could just hear it in his voice. He was giddy with excitement. So I think at this point you could offer Max to start at the back of the grid and he would take it just so he could race through the grid. Yeah. Just for some sort of challenge. Um, oh yeah, it was a super fun weekend. Um, not a whole lot happened during practice. Um, other than Carlos bliss, you know, setting blistering times every practice. I think he did first, second, first, like. And, you know, you you can't read into practice too much, but as I was watching them, uh, my daughter's still sick. So I woke up a couple of times early, couldn't go back to sleep. And so like practice was on live. So I'd turn it on. Um, It it was, you can't take away too much from practice, but I was watching being like, Carlos is on something this weekend. I remember, I was like, I don't remember what your prediction about Carlos was. But I maybe should, should be a little worried about my prediction points because he's crushing it. I, I feel like for him, it's been building up this entire yeah. season. Like he started off and I know us specifically, we were pretty critical on Carlos. Yep. And then like as the treatment and the strategy from Ferrari has gotten worse, Carlos is like becoming like coming into his own almost. And like to the point now where I even text you and I was like, I've never rooted this hard for Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Like after this weekend. I'm kind of a Carlos Sainz fan now. And before I definitely was not, but I love seeing what he's doing right now. It's I'm an angry Carlos fan. Yes. There's two different Carloses. Yeah. You don't want the like cool, calm, like just eight kind of little sleepy Carlos. You want the like hungry chomping at the bit Carlos. That's the one. I want angry Carlos. But it's funny because I guess like, as we say that 
I don't really care for cool, calm, running hot laps, Max. Like I want angry Max. I want oh yeah, super Max. You know, old it, school. The, like <laughs> throw caution to the wind, Max Verstappen. Yes, I want to. I want to root for Lewis Hamilton, but he's just a big crybaby right now, and it's like <laughs> I don't. I bring back like competitive, angry Lewis. Yes, right, right. Old school. The only like the person who is not better angry was the Iceman. <laughs> Did he ever get angry? I, I feel no, like you couldn't ruffle his feathers. You're kidding me. <laughs> Kimmy Reckon it was just constant, like never, never changed. <laughs> in which I miss. I miss that. I want to know what he's doing. I want them to bring Kimmy back for I well, now that I say it, I'm thinking about it, it would suck. But bring him back yeah. as a guest commentator. It That'd would just be, be quiet. Like and and Max takes the win. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing. Yes, like, yes. I'm managing the tires all the time. I know what to do. <laughs> I like the one where he's like, oh, so did you see this? He was like, I was having a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but angry Carlos is definitely someone, I I guess it's the same thing for Leclerc. Like this just beat puppy dog. Leclerc is boring. I want, (laughs) we need angry drivers. Okay. I want the, the last what five laps of Monza Charles Leclerc that yes. that was awesome even Leclerc knew it he was in that post-race interview and he was like oh it was good clean racing sorry for the heart heart attacks everyone <laughs> <laughs> he walked up to Fred Vasseur afterwards and I don't know if you saw the interview and just like grabbed him like to check his pulse <laughs> Fred's like probably like you mother <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fred Vasseur, as like more stuff comes out about Ferrari and he, maybe I just watch a little bit more about Ferrari with all the pandemonium going on over there. His personality is pretty entertaining. It is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm more of a fan. Well, you know, I, we didn't know much about him before when he yeah. was in Alfa Romeo, but now, yeah, I like Fred. He, he's got a, a real, I can see that there's a hard ass in there. Like I, I can see him laying down the law and being boss, but his super just chill demeanor. You remember we talked about, I don't remember what race it was at, but we were both watching the Martin Brundle crofty uh, pre-rate grid walk. And uh, they had the Ferrari Leclerc had like damaged the floor and they had it up on the stands and we're fixing it. The mechanics were all blocking Martin Brundle from being able to see what was going on. So he just walked over to Fred and he was like, I don't know why everyone's, it's not like we're going to learn any Fred what's happening. And Fred was like, Oh, the floor is damaged. Like for like part, no big deal. Yeah. And Martin Brundle's like, thank you. What's up with your mechanics? Like, <laughs> yeah, I like Fred. All right. So not much, like you said, happened during practice. We had Checo go off. Not really yeah. a big deal. Um, I did you know, take qualifying. that picture and send it to you. Like, Ooh, are we going to get Checo in the wall? So I was traveling and so you sent me that picture and I I thought he just destroyed the car because I just, you know, came up on my phone as I was driving. But then I saw the replay later that night. Eh, it wasn't that big of a deal. No one. Um, qualifying. I mean, nothing really too crazy happened during quality that I re- recall. Lance Stroll going out in 20th. Is that crazy, though? I mean, it, hey, it's so Lance I, I guess that. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> Two, definitely not a track set up for the Aston or the McLaren. Right. And I think we I was, both expected those teams to do a little bit better, and they were definitely draggier than you and I expected. Yeah, because I, I know for me specifically, I, I thought, you know, I looked at historically through the high mm-hmm. or low downforce tracks of this season, Aston did pretty well. But I think it just goes to show that Aston came out of the blocks at the beginning of the season hot. And I think that the other teams have begun to outdevelop. So their development arc is a little bit steeper than Aston's. So they've been able to catch up. So Aston, you know, where if this track, if this race was held 
you know, a couple weeks ago would have done pretty well, but now the other teams have surpassed them in performance, I think. No, I, I completely agree. So, yeah, but Q1, you know, it was the ATA, the alternate tire allocation. So we had hards in Q1, mediums, and then softs. Um, you know, the first time they did it, I, I enjoyed it, and it, it was it made a big difference. This time, it was kind of no, no, no big deal. Like, it wasn't right. anything crazy. It did make me think, I miss so much when Q2 set the race tires. Yeah, I want to bring that cool. back. That was such yeah. a fun strategy thing. That that was a yeah, definitely a bit of strategy. Like if you are on the brink of losing out and you have to throw the softs on, even though you don't want to start on the softs, but you need to get through to Q three. Yeah, it showed like because then at the start or start of the race, you'd have people that were kind of on not the optimal strategy. So I like I did like that. And it, you know you can throw the softs on, but if it's a high deg track, like you can't blow the you know tire off trying to set a blistering pace because then you have no tire left for the race tomorrow so you got to like keep a little in reserve but go fast enough to make it and i I loved i they're doing all the other stuff for quality now but i missed that one that was my favorite that that was Um, so yeah we lost joe guan yu pierre gasly man not a weekend for alpine esteban Ocon went out as well k mag and stroll um and Alpine was having issues the whole time with their electrical power deployment. Um, it, but not a weekend for Alpine. That's for sure. Right. Went to Q2. Everyone bolted on mediums. Nothing too crazy. We lost Logan Sargent, Valtteri Botas, Nico Hulkenberg, Liam Lawson, and Yuki Sonoda. Um, kind of business as usual. Went to Q3, threw the softs on. You know, I think the biggest thing here is... Everything looked pretty normal. The Ferraris looked pretty competitive, but it was like, oh, I bet Max still takes this. And uh, no, Carlos Sainz uh, sniped it in in great fashion. Carlos put in a a good lap. He was looking awesome. He really did. I was kind of curious if this was going to be another weekend to forget for Sergio as George Russell and the Ferraris all, you know, he dropped down to P5. I was like, ooh, like last year he started P4 and ended P6. Like, is this is this going to be another bad weekend for Sergio? I don't know if he's able to have too many more bad weekends at this point. Like, <laughs> you mean like physically or just within the team? Within the team, like I don't, okay. <laughs> I, I don't see Red Bull keeping him around if he has too many more bad weekends. And to um, who was it? Was it Zach Brown was quoted this weekend saying if. If Red Bull had two Sergio Perez's, the championship would be wild, wide open right now. Oh, without a doubt. And it's completely true. I was like, oh, damn. Like, sh- one, shots fired. But two, yeah, you're right. Like, Yeah. They definitely would. I mean, Checo's got, what, 219 points in the championship, which, you know, you got Fernando Alonso at 170. So, you know, that's only, you know, one DNF and one race win for uh fernando before he beats you know you know passes sergio yeah a 50 point lead is is a decent lead but not a not an unsurmountable lead so i thought that was but um you know everything he did fine p5 alex albon was very like on merit p6 beating both of the uh mclarens and uh well let's talk about it more after the race but i've got a newfound opinion for uh, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. Oh, um, juicy. <laughs> I'm wondering 
but it's not a full solid opinion yet, but it's been coming up in my mind. Is George Russell going to consistently outperform Lewis Hamilton while he's in this mental state of that he's in? Like he just signed for two more years, but George is pretty solidly outperforming Hamilton a lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, George is, George is hungry. He's the hungry upstart. You know, Lewis has had his seven championships. I know he, he wants the eighth, but yeah, he's, uh, they're on different trajectories right now, different parts of their career. And I think George is showing that he's hungry and he wants it. And George, I mean, George is talented. We've always yes, said yes. that George, he, what he was doing in that Williams before, and like he earned his spot on this team. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think, yeah, George has uh, got a lot to prove and I think he's proven it right now. I think I like that. Uh, there's an interview with David Coulthard and uh, Eddie Jordan. And David was DC was talking about when he retired and he was like, you know, I just wasn't hungry anymore. You're not hunting for every thousandth of a second. In fact, you're kind of being a little too mature and like, why would I dive it on the inside? There's a lot of risk of taking myself out of the race. And he's like, as soon as you start thinking that way, it's, you know, it's kind of hang it up. Like you're, and you you're can, gonna, you can, you can see that with Lewis. Like and that's that's what I feel. He's not hungry for every thousandth. He's trying yeah. to be a mature, and he's a hell of a driver. Yep. But yeah, and we say it all like, oh, that was a very mature move from from Lewis, you know, backing out of it. But yeah, sometimes if you want to, you know, be that next level, you got to take some risk. And he's yeah. yeah, you're right. He's at the point now where he's not taking risk like he used to. And I just I don't think that at this point. George Russell is a better driver than Lewis Hamilton. That'd be, I think, kind of a silly thing to say. But I think George is hungrier than Lewis, and it's showing. Yeah, I, uh, I don't disagree with you on that one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was basically, uh, that was quality plus a whole bunch of uh, other tangents. Sorry about that. And uh, let's get to the race. <laughs> let's do it, man. This was amazing for me. And I, I feel bad for Yuki. <laughs> Because oh, as they're doing the formation lap, you just see him pull off to the side. And it's like, oh, he didn't even get to participate in one of the best races of the season. Yes. Smoking coming out the back. like, And I was kind of like, I don't remember the last time someone pulled over to the side on the formation lap. Like, yeah. now, now what? And for me, though, I'm thinking because my prediction was the curse was going to rear its head and Max Verstappen's not going to finish the race. So for me, I'm looking Red Bull powertrain off on the side. Ooh, Max Verstappen, what's going to happen here? Well, it did start to happen. The last what's... three laps of the race, his power unit was failing. Really? He was I... losing three <laughs> seconds a lap. They talked about if... So there is not a conspiracy theory, just coincidence. Because of Yuki Sonoda's power unit failure on the formation lap, and they did two more formation laps, cutting two laps off of the total race distance... Max on the last three laps was losing three seconds a lap and it was having power unit failure issues and they limped it on home. They said, if it went two laps further, there's no way he would have finished the race. Ooh. So Ooh. Yuki Sonoda's failure saved Max Verstappen from the Monza curse. Oh, he sacrificed himself. <laughs> <laughs> Christian sacrificed him for Max. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, Yuki went off. Or went out of the race, and then we had a couple extra formation laps, and then the race started. And everyone was on mediums except for Hamilton, Botas, and Magnuson. They were on hards, but the rest of the field was all on mediums. Um, you know, race starts, and I think this has got to be 
the first time I can remember this year that no one so much as like no tire. There was no rubbing at all. The entire first lap, there was no carbon flying off. There's no one losing a piece of a front wing or bumping tires or like it was incredibly clean. And as we were saying, that first chicane that two that turns one and two is is tight. Like, yeah, it's it's but no one even touched. I was amazed to, to get all 19 cars through that first chicane cleanly is incredible to me i thought for sure at least somebody is going to lock up going in or yep. like you said somebody is going to touch or, or have to cut it nobody yeah you're right it was wild everybody was it, very very nice and polite on that first lap they were no we didn't have any angry drivers anywhere except for carlos <laughs> who but he was out front still so yeah but man that that freaking 10 laps of Carlos, Max, and Leclerc was awesome. Less than a second between the three cars consistently for 10 laps. Like it was awesome. I I think it was cool that, you know, you know that it's probably going to come eventually. He's probably going to pass, but it showed like in the beginning, the way the track was and that, uh, that first turn, the Red Bulls were kind of neutralized for a little bit Mm -hmm. there because you had Max Verstappen who could not get past Carlos Sainz, even though. Granted, I understand Max was probably driving on like a level seven or something like that. And Carlos Sainz was pegged at a 10 out of 10. Like, no doubt he was he was pushing it to the limit. He was full spicy pepper. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you know, Max couldn't get past them. You had Sergio Perez who could not get past Russell for the first, Mm -hmm. I think, 16 or lap 16 is when he finally passed them. It was the same thing. And it, it took, I think, George Russell making a mistake coming out of the last turn for Checo to get close enough to be able to pass him on the straight. And then Carlos making that mistake where he locked up going into the the first turn. turn one. Obviously, yeah, his tires were just shot at that point. I'm sure. Um, so it took them making a mistake before the Red Bulls were able to pass. So that was exciting to see that you know they were actually able to hold off the Red Bulls for a little bit, even though yeah, we knew can, it was going to happen eventually. Yeah, it, it, that is a faster car, but it was that was a ton of fun. It took them making a mistake, but I also I thought it really highlighted this generation of cars to be able to follow that close to the car in front of you for 10 laps, like the last generation of cars, you could do that for two laps before you're having serious issues. Like I I was like, man, that again, I'm really happy with the, what the FIA did with these regs and how fun these cars are to watch. Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely much more exciting for, we have much more exciting races than we did before. Yeah, it was, um, Ton of fun though those first ten laps. Um, on lap two, Albon did an awesome pass on Piastri. Um, he, that Williams looked competitive. Uh, yeah, I was really it, excited for that. It looked very competitive in the hands of Alex Albon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Astrid, good point. Um, lap lap six is when we were talking. You know, Max tried to pass signs in turn one and was like, Ooh, that was naughty. And I highlight, I, I was like, Happy to fight is what I wrote. I was like, He sounded so excited. Yeah. Fighting yeah. him. He wanted it. He wanted that. That you could tell. Even I think the, uh, the commentator, if you're watching on Formula One TV, um, what's that guy's name? Julian? Cool. No, not Alex. Julian. The other guy. I Alex? forget his name. Alex, Alex Jakes. Yeah. Alex Jakes. I think even he was saying, like, you could tell it's like a bit of a smile under Max Verstappen's helmet at that point. He's just like a little dog going after a yeah. treat. He loved it. He totally did. Um, I got lap 14, Russell and Perez. Um, Perez took them both off track at turn one. Perez was 
was not outbreaking anybody. Like that was his biggest issue. He would get a lot. How many times did he get right up alongside Russell and Russell outbraked him every time? Like, yeah. and then the one time Perez is like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, let him outbreak me. He takes them both off track because he break way too late. Like, well, it, it, was, it was, it was like every lap, like even the commentators are like, well, Perez has to try something new. Cause clearly yeah. this isn't working. Cause he kept trying to do the same thing into that turn one. Yeah. And then eventually they both go off. Yep. Um, and then that same, like I wrote that down about Russell and Perez, and then it was lap fourteen. Signs locked it up and into turn one, and Max Max took the took the lead. Um, but Signs' tires were just gone. Oh like, yeah, you could, he got passed on what's that lap fifth lap sixteen fifteen sixteen mm-hmm. by lap eighteen. Max had pulled three point four seconds on him because yep. obviously you know Max is sitting there just driving, just waiting for him to make a mistake. Carlos Sainz is, like we said, 10 out of 10, just killing the tires. And then Max is just able to be like, all right, I've had enough of this. Yeah. Uh, there's the mistake. Bye. <laughs> See you not, later. not to mention, like, he's got DRS. He's got less downforce sitting on those back tires. Like, very much easier not to just blow the rubber off like Carlos was doing. But, yeah, I have the, at, at lap 17, I noted that he was three seconds ahead already. Um, yeah. 21, lap 21. Um, everyone pitted, um, and the Ferraris came out, right? So like Leclerc came in and pitted, then signs came in and pitted and came out and they were right next to each other. And neither one of them was holding back. Like they were both <laughs> so hungry. And I don't know if it's cause it was a home race or maybe cause they were actually competitive for the first time this year, but like there was no friendship or teammates there. It was going for the win. I think the Ferraris provided the best battles of the entire race weekend. So yes. in the beginning of the race, right then at that point, at the end of the race. Yeah, I think it was probably a little bit of both. They're like, finally, we got a fast competitive car and they also want to put on a good show for the, the home team or the home crowd. Yeah, man, those guys, they provided majority of the excitement for me, at least. Yes, completely. Um, Russell got a five second penalty. Um, for passing Ocon off track, which he totally did, pat like gain an advantage passing Ocon after uh, off track, and Ocon stayed on track. But then when he like when it was noted, I looked over and Russell was four places ahead of Ocon. It was like, <laughs> how do you? And it was like twelve <laughs> seconds or something. I was like, well, you you can't give it back. Like, how do I give it? I'd have to let three cars pass me to give it back. Uh, like, whoopsie. <laughs> and so he got his five second penalty, which I was like, you know, I'm looking at the timesheets. I think he was like twelve or thirteen seconds in front of Ocon. I was like, yeah, it's a better strategic move at that point. Right. Yeah. Eat your five seconds. Um. Okay, bro, lap 25, the McLarens battling. What was up with Piastri this weekend, man? Yo, my, I wrote down, Piastri was a wrecking ball this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on. When he came around and turned from the outside on that turn one and then went in and hit Lando, like, bro, come on. You, you're not going to make that turn. Think of Lewis and Max in the past. We almost had a repeat of that. It's like, you've got to just cut the corner at this point and just give the spot back. I don't know if he was trying to prove something because he out-qualified Lando or what it was, but man, you can't do that. You almost took both of you guys out of the race on that yeah. one dumb move. 
That was P- Piastri was uh, perfect summary is was a wrecking ball this weekend. <laughs> D- don't drive near him, okay? He's on something. He's he's channeling his 2018 Max Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was too. Yeah, <laughs> like that's not gonna work. You can't do that. And that was just the first of uh, what I think are three of his encounters with another car. <laughs> yeah, he had three this weekend. It, yeah. Um. Lap 31, we have Perez versus Leclerc. And I wrote down again, Perez won't break late. He was being outbraked by Leclerc. I was like, what is going on with it with Checo? Like I, I maybe he was, I don't know. I think he's trying maybe not to DNF or something. I don't know. I, I'm sure it's in his head, right? He's got yeah. a lot of pressure. You got Zach Brown making comments about him. You've got, you know, the media making comments, social media, all of that. Everybody's talking about Checo and how he's underperforming. So I think maybe he's trying to be a little bit safe so that he can actually finish the race. But yeah, you could tell like it's just he's not going for it and it was not working and it worked out. out. He was P2, so, you know, yeah. he did it right, but I was very amazed that he was very tender-footed on that on the brake pedal. The other thing I noted at when this was happening was Leclerc had fallen out of the DRS train with uh, with Carlos, and you know dropped back into Perez at that point, who gained you know who was keeping DRS on Leclerc. And I was very surprised that Ferrari. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that the Ferrari strategists didn't make sure Leclerc kept DRS with Carlos. Yeah, like that would have saved Ferrari probably for at least many more laps. But as soon as Leclerc dropped out of DRS, you fell right into Perez, and it's the Red Bull's a faster car. It's only a matter of time. That was um, that was one of my notes for that was that Signs just left Leclerc out to dry. Like he's yep. like, right, fend for yourself. You're on your own, buddy, and just took off. But even earlier in the race, when it was uh, Carlos Signs, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc. Carlos, or I'm sorry, Charles Leclerc was not able to keep up with Max and Carlos. Even when they were fighting, he still, like, he was within DRS range, but he wasn't able to close that gap. He just wasn't yeah. on it like Carlos was. Carlos, I think, had a much better handle of that car this weekend. And you can see right there when Carlos Sainz just took off and, you know, left him to the mercy of, you know, Red Bull and Checo Perez. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, that was interesting. Um, and then I've got lap 41, Piastri versus Hamilton contact. <laughs> <laughs> here we go again but i mean it was it was hamilton's fault hamilton even admitted it but it's still you got into another altercation yep. another physical incident on track um man lap 49 so at lap 49 race is almost over we have solid red bull one two but who's going to be the ferrari on the podium and i was cracking up because leclerc all who hasn't been able to turn it on all race turned it freaking on to take out signs. He wanted that podium and I was dying at lap 49 signs came over the radio and was like, Hey guys, let's bring it home. Um, <laughs> like, can I get some team orders to get Leclerc? This podium is mine. Can Leclerc uh, please back off? And Leclerc was not backing off. It, for me, it was so funny. Cause it was like two wounded animals going at it. Cause neither <laughs> one of them had tires. No. <laughs> so they're both sliding all over the place. Every time they get to turn one, at least one of them's locking them up. I think Charlotte Claire had like a four wheel lockup at one yeah. point. It was just like waiting for these guys to slide into each other. I know the Ferrari team, and I, I think the radio was like, hey, let's keep it clean or something like that. Yeah. And I, I, Charlotte Claire was just like, not listening to you. Nope. <laughs> but I'm sure like all of the Ferrari 
people on the <laughs> on the wall are just like holding their breath and just like, oh my God, please don't hit each other. Please don't hit each other. But it was so exciting. It was so exciting. And I'm glad it ended the way it did. We had a Ferrari on the home podium. It was awesome. Everyone was smiles afterwards because everything was fine. They had a great show out. But can you imagine if oh. they took each other out on lap 51 into turn one? It w- I All I could think of was, I think it was 2019 Brazil when you had Charles Leclerc and uh, uh, Sebastian Vettel. And yep. they came together and took each other out of the race. And I was just like, it's going to happen. They're going to DNF at their home race. But man, I'm so glad that they did keep it clean because that was yeah. exciting. And they had all those huge Ferrari flags at the end that would have went to waste if they didn't have anybody <laughs> on the podium. So I mean, they kind of had to. I was wondering, like with all the Ferrari, fa- fla- bleh, Ferrari flags and... uh and, and being at the home race and everyone was so excited. I was like, I wonder if it like everyone that's a Red Bull fan is largely a Checo or a Max fan. Not like I like Red Bull, but I'm rooting for Max, right? Like that's got to be the only team. Like if you're a Mercedes fan, you're a Lewis Hamilton fan. Like if, if Lewis were to move to another team, he'd, he'd probably take a sizable amount of the fans with him. But the, the Tafosi are Ferrari fans. They don't give a shit if it's Charles Leclerc, or Carlos Sainz, who's in the red suit. They were rooting for yeah. the team. And I was like, that's got to be kind of a weird, like, don't get me wrong. Signs and Leclerc have their own fan base, but by and large, those people there are for that team. Yeah. They don't, if you were to get fired right after the race and someone new came in, wouldn't change anything like, no. And that was the crazy thing. Like when I went to Italy this summer, it's like all like there's, first of all, there's formula one stores all over the place. And it was just, you know, clearly all Ferrari, but it was just like maybe a small subsect of, you know, whatever other teams in the back. But yeah, it's like people don't care. That's just their national team is the Ferrari team. Doesn't matter who drives for them, but it, yeah. it's kind of cool. It's like that you could feel the energy and the passion. I mean, especially when you look in the crowds and at that, that final shot when they had those huge Ferrari flags unfolded on the, mm-hmm. on the, the straight. But then when they show like all the other Ferrari flags, everybody's wearing red. It was awesome. It was pretty cool to see. It was super fun. It was uh, at Quali when Max came up P2, you know, they made him go over to that grandstands and, you know, any Carlos and Leclerc talked and it was just cheers. Max got up and half the crowd booed or just silence. Or I was like, that's, and it, you know, I don't think that faces Max at all, but I was like, no. you're definitely not at a home race anymore, Max. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to to finish the race off, I noticed like because I always look at it at the end. Max was like twelve or fifteen seconds ahead at one point, um, and then all of a sudden it started falling down. He only won the race by six seconds, and he was losing three seconds a lap. Um, and it came out this morning that he was having a power unit issue, and they were doing everything they could to limp it around to bring it home. But the Monza curse almost rang true. All right, uh, my last, my only other like review point summary point is um ferrari tire degradation is definitely an issue yeah they've got one lap pace that's comparable to the red bull yes they've shown that this weekend you know they've shown it other weekends too but you could clearly see it this weekend but you're right man that race pace and that tire deg issue it's it's almost like how the haas has the same problem they're good Mm -hmm. on 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 a quali especially in hulkenberg's hands um but they can't put it together for the race because the tire deg obviously that's an extreme example compared to the ferrari um, but it's there, right? Like, I mean, they, they can't compete with the Red Bull over a multitude of laps. So they've no. got to figure that out. And I think once they figure that out, I'm, I'm excited for next year. 
I think yeah. that, you know, teams are going to close that gap a lot more to the Red Bull for the next season. No, I, I totally agree. But it was, you know, it's funny. I don't think that there was ever any doubt in the Red Bull strategy that it is a one stopper. But, you know, the Ferraris came out on those hard tires and you heard over the radio several times. They were like, I don't know if we're going to get these tires to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you also heard it on uh, Lewis. Lewis Hamilton's because he started on hards, pitted at lap like 28. And threw the mediums on, and, and Hamilton was like, "There's no way I'm taking this to the end. This is a bad call." <laughs> yeah, that was. I did he pit again? Did Lewis nope, have he, a two, he, made he had a one stop? He did a one wow. stopper. Um, so kind of, you know, kind of an interesting lineup for race results. So we have Max and Sergio P1, P2, Carlos and and Charles Leclerc three and four, Russell and Hamilton five and six, Albon seven. Norris eight, Alonzo nine, and Botas at ten. So Botas brought in another point. Other things of note, you know, Piastri was down in twelve, just pinballing around. <laughs> Gasly was fifteen, and Ocon, you know, didn't even finish the race. And Lance Stroll was down in sixteenth place. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> let's get into the heroes and zeros because we'll talk about Stroll right. there. <laughs> I'm sure we will. All right, let's. Uh... How about you start off with your zeros and I'll start with the heroes. So my first zero is Oscar Piastri. Um, Just not a great weekend for him. Not a great weekend for McLaren. Definitely wasn't a track that suited them. Um, But man, Piastri was just a little all over the place. A little, you know, not performing as solidly as Lando. Um, You know, he's a rookie. I don't think it was a, you know, an overly terrible weekend for him, but of a highlight of someone that didn't perform super well this weekend, Piastri was a little shaky. Yeah. He he ended up getting a penalty for his pass on Lawson at the end, which is Mm -hmm. his final look like contact. It was pretty close whether it was or not, but yeah, he ended up getting a penalty for that one. Um, My second one's Alpine. Uh, bad for for Ooh. as competitive as they were last weekend and granted it sounds like they had technical issues with the battery deployment but oof bad bad weekend for alpine and on that i was looking at the constructor standings um and this is this was kind of interesting to me if we go down because i was looking at the gap between alpha tauri and alpha romeo and haas and now williams but really you could almost say there's a back of the pack that is Alpine, Williams, Hoth, Alpha, and Alpha, because the point difference is pretty staggering from all of them to Mercedes and Aston Martin. Um, and it's like, man, it's almost like I'm not sure where the midfield is in the back of the field is because Alpine kind of sometimes can do a little bit of best of the rest. And, and you know, Alex Albon's crushing it right now, but but on a team standing, they are way back there. Right. Yeah. It really shows, uh, especially with the Williams, you know, Williams and uh, Aston Martin kind of show that you got to have two solid drivers. You can't just have one driver that's getting all the points and the other one's just flailing around down in like P15. Yeah, th- I think that's very clear on Williams, Aston and uh, Red Bull. Um, unless, ah. Yeah, <laughs> as I say, unless you have Max Verstappen, then you can only have one driver who has enough points to be in first place by himself. <laughs> so <laughs> as a constructor. Christian Horner, there's the one thing that came out today. Christian said that because of Max's eh, because of Max's success, they've been forced to buy and build a new trophy cabinet at the Red Bull headquarters because <laughs> <laughs> they ran out of space. 
that's awesome. <laughs> Did you see Max's comment when they asked about Lando breaking the trophies? And Max was like, I have to give the trophy to the team anyway. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my last zero is none other than Lance Stroll. Oh, Lance, dude. Qualifying right. dead last. Finishing the race down in 16th. And don't give me, I mean, Alonzo was only in ninth, but dude. Yeah, Lance Stroll is, like I said before, he's a menace and he is underperforming. <laughs> it's this weekend. Yeah, definitely. He only beat, he, he finished ahead of the Haases, and that was <laughs> it. The only other people we beat were the guys that didn't finish or didn't start the race. So you beat Haases in a Aston Martin where your teammate is coming in in the points. And on six podiums. Yeah. I mean, like, it's. And the rumors I'm sh- I know are starting to pick back up again now that Fernando is starting to perform a little bit better. But I honestly I don't see him being here next year. I, no. I really don't. It doesn't make financial business sense. You can't. It's too you're too competitive of a team at this point. Like it, he has to go. Yep. All right. So we had a lot of overlap in our zeros. I got Piastri. Same reasons you said. I got Alpine. Terrible weekend. Weekend to forget for them. Um, but my third one, I actually went a step farther instead of just saying Lance Stroll because I had him. And then I was like, uh, I expected Aston Martin as a whole to do yeah. a lot better this weekend. Um, kind of what I was talking about earlier, where I think that they've kind of hit a developmental kind of ceiling and the other teams are starting to outdevelop them at this point. So I put Aston Martin as a whole there. Um, Fernando's still killing it. I, I don't think he's finished out of the points. Maybe this whole he hasn't. season they were even uh, talking he qualified it. in 10th and they said it was his worst qualifying of the year to be at 10 okay yeah so i mean i i put them all i there could be definitely an argument to that it would be solidly on stroll's shoulders but i i thought aston martin would do a lot better so i put them down as a team in my zeros fair enough what you got on heroes all right heroes my first hero man i am i'm becoming a fan man alex albon this guy in my opinion there's two people that are probably the safest in their contracts or in their seats. And it's Max Verstappen and Alex Albon. This guy is killing it right now in this, in this Williams, man. So for me, Alex Albon, definitely a hero. Um, my other one, these are a little overlap, but I got Carlos signs. I think that yep. goes without saying that guy had one hell of a weekend and not to mention he got robbed after the race, which Literally. came out a while later. He somebody took his five hundred, I think five hundred thousand pound, five hundred thousand pound watch. Saying that sounds so funny. So this is a heavy yeah, watch. It's, it's not really heavy, guys. It's <laughs> that, that's a that's a English. Uh, you know, we'll call it six hundred grand dollars. Six hundred grand. So got robbed of his watch, and then him, his personal trainer, and a bunch of the Tafosi chased these people down, got the watch back, and got the dudes arrested. Which to me is phenomenal by itself. I'm waiting for more footage. You can see footage yes. of him talking to the cops. But I'm sure somebody got it, got the whole pursuit on on tape. I want to see oh, that. Oh, somebody. Can you imagine how giddy the cops were when they came up and they realized it was Carlos Sainz? Yeah. Like, oh, for, and they're like, you just robbed Carlos Sainz? Like, those guys <laughs> got some special treatment when they got back to the, <laughs> to the police station. The body cams were off, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they definitely were. <laughs> so Carlos Sainz is definitely a hero for me. And my third hero, I, I put Ferrari. And what I mean by that is... The team as a whole, but mainly the the head shed at Ferrari. Yeah, they got through this weekend. No obvious strategy blunders. Um, they kind of let the guys race to the to an extent. I know they're like, "Hey, let's keep it clean. 
but like, they kind of they they didn't like come out and say stop doing that you know yeah so they they provided and allowed for some super exciting racing and they didn't ruin it with a stupid strategy call so for that which reason, i was waiting for i was waiting for them uh, to like pull carlos into pit for some random reason at lap 40 like yeah for sure so um, for that reason ferrari is a hero for me that's fair we got a ton of overlap uh, albon and signs uh, my last one, it, it, it's been going without saying, but Max Verstappen, 10 consecutive wins in a row. Um, not all of them easy and, and just kind of the dudes on another level. Um, just congrats. 10, 10 in a row world record. Even if, uh, did you see the interview with Toto when they asked him about it? No. And so there, someone was interviewing Toto. And it was kind of, there were some pretty pointed questions and they're like, you know, even at the height of, you know, what they were like, what do you think of Max getting 10 in a row? Even at the height of Mercedes dominance, that was never you know, even thought about or possible. You know, what do you think about that? And Toto's response was just very kind of clipped and he was definitely aggravated by the question. He's like, well, we had two drivers, like no one driver just stood out so much to be able to do that. And he said, and he was like, in two those uh those records are for wikipedia only and no one reads that shit anyway turn around and walk oh. off. i was like ooh, oh. <laughs> well, struck a nerve but for one he's uh, yet again and somebody else <laughs> just slapping uh checo t- ah, somebody else just slapping checo perez yeah but also i think a lot of people are reading these stats right now <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty big deal i had a buddy text me who doesn't even watch formula one and he's like, what's going on? I see this guy just won 10 races in a row, the most predictable sport in history right now. And I was just like, you don't understand. That's not what the race is at. The race is behind P1. Yeah. Um, and then I've got an asterisk, a half a hero. I, I would like to call out Checo Perez. We've been harsh. Oh. I was harsh on him in the race, and he was never breaking late. He, you know, He didn't qualify great, but he came home solid P2, beat the Ferraris, like I just, Hey, okay, good, good result. Finally, thank you, Checo. Um, yeah, you finally put it together. And those Ferraris were racing really hard for him to get by them. He had to have a great race, and so I don't think he deserves to be on the main hero list. But just you know, okay. hey, honorable mention, Checo. Good, good weekend. I I think it's worth saying that he's able to, or he is kind of holding it together. I think it's worth something that he's making it through all of this noise that's going yep. on, like. Th- as a person, that's got to be pretty damning and damaging to your psyche, your psyche, your ego, your performance. I'm sure it's not. It's no matter how much you try to avoid it. I'm sure it pops up. He reads comments. He sees things all the time. And, well, so that's and it's not hurt. like Williams, like everyone's saying there's noise around Logan Sargent. And I imagine Williams in the background is telling Logan, don't worry about it. You're fine. We know it's a developmental year. Here's what we need you to do. Like and giving some reassurance you know there's no re- reassurance at red bull <laughs> like they're not they're not you know holding checo's hand in the back telling him it's okay they're all standing there being like do you read the comments did you <laughs> they walk huh? into the team meeting helmet marco just slaps a piece of paper it's like printed <laughs> out comments he's like read that what does that say <laughs> um predictions uh predictions yes well all right so I think we both had, oh, no, we didn't. Oh, I forgot. I went on an alternative strategy this weekend. You did. All right. So my poll, I predicted that Fernando Alonso was going to be on poll. And he hurt me. That that hurt a lot. I remembered that one. 
Uh, I picked it. I predicted Max. Uh, so I lost that as well. Carlos, thank you. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. My uh, P3, I had Lando Norris. I had Alonzo, both of which okay. did not. Uh, yeah. Hey, they got points. Yeah, they did. Hey, my P2, though, I had Checo Perez. You did. I remembered that. Uh, I had Lando Norris. Um, so that didn't fly. Didn't work either. out. Didn't work out. All right. Well, maybe, maybe our P1s. My P1, I had. Fernando Alonso. Yeah, not, not no. so much. I had Max. Ah. You went for the safe, consistent bet, but Yeah, hey, and it's working out pretty well. The point for me. <laughs> <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. Um, All right. Wild cards. Finally, I I don't think I've gotten a wild card in a long time. But no, my wild card my wild card this weekend was Carlos Sainz would outperform or have a better result than Charlotte Claire. And I got and it. He did. I barely he did. Yeah, which and I was thinking, I was thinking of a way to justify it because I thought that Leclerc might pass him, and I was like, well, overall, Charlotte <laughs> Claire had a worse weekend. But I, I honestly, Carlos Sainz beat Charlotte Claire over the entire weekend. Yeah, he um, did. And then he luckily, you know, finished ahead of him in the points or in the well, yeah, in the points. Um, but yeah, he just what a great weekend for Carlos Sainz. Absolutely. Mine was uh, that Logan Sargent would score his first points. Um, man p13 for for a minute there for a minute towards the end of the race he was like half a second behind Bottas, and then all of a sudden i'm looking back and then he's like a second and a half behind Bottas. then he's like four seconds behind Bottas. then he finishes in what he finished like p12 or 13 yeah i don't know what happened just i'm hoping i will i wanted him to get in the points i was hoping that you would get that one because i just want to see logan Sargent do well yeah i, I do too i was really and that and this I think it also kind of highlights for these generations of cars, like, yeah, Max is way out front. But if you look at like quality times and single lap pace, there's not much of a difference, especially at a track like this. And I think at this track, it, everyone's top speeds are so high that DRS alone isn't going to get it done. You have to race well and not make mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the overtaking happened is when people would make mistakes, then you could get past them. It wasn't a pace thing. Right. Um, which is why I think the Williams, while fast, and you know, it was hard to pass them because they were so fast. Um, Alex finished where he did, and Logan finished where he did. Yep. Well, uh, I know they said they speculated that this was Logan's last best chance to get points before Bahrain, I think, something like that. Singapore, and then yeah, we got Singapore, Suzuka, and Bahrain. Yeah. So actually, Singapore, Suzuka, and Qatar. Qatar, not Bahrain. Sorry. Um, so yeah great race man great weekend i i think that for me this was the top race of the year followed no. very closely by zandvoort i like i think I zandvoort's still weekend. ahead i enjoyed the crap out of this weekend but zandvoort was oof. either way they were both awesome great races great way to come back from the break let's hope that this energy that is all around the paddock continues they got a week off then we're going to singapore which is going to be hopefully a good race Three DRS we'll zones, a lot of 90-degree turns. The yeah. Singapore, we go back to a street circuit. On uh, paper, this should, this should fare well for Perez, but we'll see. We'll and see. then Suzuka is one of my favorite tracks. I think um, Suzuka is, is, a lot of the drivers say that's one of the best tracks. It's just I, awesome for racing. And it's old school style, too. Like I, I'm excited for Singapore and, and Tokyo. Yep, for sure. All right, well. 
Hey guys, if you like this podcast, make sure and leave us a rating and a review and share it with a friend if you can. And uh, we'll be back next week and then getting ready for the Singapore Grand Prix, which is actually two weeks from now. Um, But man, great weekend. You got anything else, Dylan? Nah, man, that's it. All right. Well, on that note, stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.